Aloha, I'm Jim Mendoza with Hawaii News Now. For nearly three decades, I've been telling people stories. I've interviewed celebrities, athletes, politicians, and everyday folks who've shared their stories. And I'm excited to share some of them in this series of HNN podcasts that we're calling Tell Me a Story. Episode 1, Tradition. Each Tell Me a Story podcast will have a different theme. In this debut episode, we'll focus on tradition. By definition, tradition is the transmission of customs or beliefs from one generation to the next. With the holidays upon us, many traditions come to mind, including Santa Claus. He's known as Father Christmas, St. Nicholas, St. Nick, Kris Kringle, or simply Santa. <laughs> as we all know, he's depicted as a portly white-bearded man, often with spectacles and wearing a red coat and pants, with white fur collar and cuffs, and carrying a bag full of gifts for kids. This image became popular in the U.S. and Canada in the 19th century because of the influence of the 1823 poem A Visit from St. Nicholas, also known as The Night Before Christmas. Ever since, the image of Santa Claus has been maintained and reinforced through songs, radio, television, children's books, films, and advertising. Merry Christmas! Aloha! Hawaii's best-known Santa gave these traditional views a twist and added a local flair. But after years of playing a part he loves, the man known as Palaka Santa was forced to retire and end his annual tribute to Christmas in Hawaii. Dressed in a palaka outfit and flashing a shaka, this Santa didn't need a reindeer to make a grand entrance. Donald Boyce took his tribute to St. Nick very seriously. I went out of my way to be the best. The best dressed, the best mannered, the best Santa that Hawaii could ever have. Merry Christmas! He started dressing as Santa at Christmas gatherings in the 1960s, first using a fake beard until he grew his own. Normally at this time of the year, it would be, it would be down here. Boyce averaged 33 Santa showings a year, interacting with countless kids. I learned so much from the children. He was a professional woodworker and a maker of intricately detailed model ships. Now he suffers from double vision and a painful spinal condition that makes it hard to stand and harder to walk. Last year was the first year Boyce did not take on his annual role. Last year, December, was the worst December I've had in my life. Together, Boyce and his wife made the difficult decision that he had to step down. It hurt. I had tears in my eyes. Uh, thinking back of all the places that I've been, all the hotels, uh, all the private parties, all that. Boyce is 80 years old. His home is a tribute to Santa. And even though he stopped playing the role, it's like you're talking to Santa Claus. Christmas is not a day. It is not a week. It is not a month. It's a state of mind. Boyce hopes future Santas will take a page from his book. In fact, he wrote his story that's available at Amazon just in time for Christmas. Meli Kaliki Maka, Merry Christmas. You know, that story with Mr. Boyce was really special from the moment we walked in. And the first greeting that he had for us, he has this whole persona of Santa Claus. The way he looks, the way he dresses, 
how he carries himself. And even that day, when we saw him at his home, he was dressed in the red Palaka shirt that we'd always see with him coming in on the canoe in Waikiki during Christmas time. Um, I'll never forget him. He's a larger than life in some ways because he's Santa Claus. And he said, Christmas is a state of mind. He said, it's not a date on a calendar. It's not a day. It's not a month. It's not a week, really. But it's a state of mind. And he tries to maintain that all year round. I think that's that's the big takeaway for me from that story and what we can all benefit from. Uh, he told me that he really first dressed up as Santa Claus when he was a teenager. And his mom asked him to be Santa at a family Christmas party back on the mainland. And he said, well, uncle always does that, uncle so-and-so, and I can't be Santa like him. I don't you know, have a beard and everything. And his mom said, no, you're going to love it. And he said he did it for three straight years. He was so hooked to it. And then he stopped doing it for a bit. And when he came to Hawaii, he picked it up again. And he said he wanted to be, like he said in the story, the best Santa out there for people to see and kids. So he always tried to be cordial with folks and take the time with them. He told me one story, though, that will always stick with, with me. I think that's the big takeaway for me. He said that there was this young boy on his lap, and the little kid, the little child, was warming up to him. And, and he said, well, Junior, I, I can't remember what the child's name was, but he says, well, young fellow, um, were you good for your dad this year? And the little boy looked at him and he said, Santa, my father passed away. And he said that stopped him in his tracks. And he didn't know how to come back from that. And he, he learned a lesson that he never, he'd never ask a child, how are you doing with your parents? Because he didn't know what their story was. But that was a big lesson for him uh, in, in really getting to know the kid who was sitting on his lap. And he said, you know, he'd go from shopping centers to shopping center and he'd see the Santas that were there. No knock against them. But he said they just didn't have... Some of them just didn't have that feeling, you know, that he tried to capture uh, with Santa Claus. Our next story focuses on a traditional art form that will get you hooked. The ancient Hawaiians wore the fish hook, or the Macau, to symbolize their reverence for the ocean. I met a craftsman who is keeping that tradition alive through his expertise as a bone carver. Bone carver Louis Dinolfo is captivated by the simple shape of a Hawaiian fish hook. Their shape is related to what they were used for, to catch a fish. Dinolfo carved his first replica hook in 1969 when he saw one while studying art at the University of Hawaii. That began a pursuit that's lasted 50 years. As a bone carver, he has made thousands of fish hooks. I can make a bone hook in about 30 minutes. As a younger man, he traveled to museums around the world and studied displays and drawings of ancient Hawaiian and Polynesian fish hooks so his work would be accurate. They're the models for his pieces. I don't stylize them. I don't add barbs where they're not supposed to be. I, I do it just the way they did it in the past because they were beautiful then and they're beautiful now. Old methods utilize stone tools and shark skin. Dinolfo uses hand saws and sanders. Ancient hooks were often made of human bone and ivory. I just use cow bone. I get it. You can go to Petco, any Petco store, and you'll see the cow bone that I use. He also makes them out of pearl and abalone shells. At the core, Dinolfo wants to keep the art of bone carving alive. He's taught it here, on the mainland, and across the South Pacific. When I first went to Tonga, there were virtually no handicrafts at all. 
No bone carvings at all. Bone carving is also his livelihood. His creations sell for $80 to over $100 and have been displayed in hotels and businesses and bought and worn by celebrities. Daryl Hannah wears one of my carvings. Oh, she wears it a lot, but I carved a beautiful thing out of pearl shell for her. Donolfo isn't the only bone carver in Hawaii, but at 74, he is definitely one of the more experienced. Louis the fish. Yeah, he goes for the traditional. Yeah, he really does. Uh, he doesn't try to put a modern spin on it, but he tries to go back to the old school the way that it was because he believes the authentic is the best. Uh, he's a different kind of craftsman, you know? Uh, you can talk to an artist, and we'll have a story about an artist in just a little bit, but you can talk to an artist who paints uh, or, or does some other form of art, and his is a form of artwork really in miniature, uh, and he studied his craft. I think that's the thing that impressed me the most, uh, that he's, like he said, he went away to Tonga, uh, and, and he saw that they weren't doing it there, so he was trying to revive that there. And he's made a study of his craft, and, and he's, he looks through books, uh, for old uh, bone uh, fish hooks and things like that. And he's gone to the Bishop Museum to study what they have and take really a good look at what they have. So his carvings can be as close to the originals as possible. So he really takes pride in that. I was very impressed by his workshop. <laughs> it was It's in, in an outdoor setting right outside of his little home. Uh, and so he's, he's in the fresh air when he's doing this because you need to be. That stuff is flying everywhere, that dust and everything that when he grinds it all. Uh, but he's so at home in his tiny little workshop there. And he made us feel so much at home there, too, when we were shooting the story. I think I'll remember that uh, a whole lot. Traditions can be shared in other, more modern art forms as well. It can be seen in a new mural that tells the story of Kaka'ako, and it's getting rave reviews. Artist Terrell Porter's massive mural on South Street covers nearly 2,600 square feet of construction barriers for Hart's Kaka'ako rail station. They gave me a topic. They said, we want the history of Kaka'ako. So I said, oh, it's mostly client-based. So I said, okay. It's all here, from salt ponds to Hawaiian royalty, to people and politicians that played a part in Kaka'ako's growth. You'll see um, the first cars in Hawaii, the steam cars, the history of the electricity of the Iolani Palace. Porter's been working on his mural for over a month, often painting late into the night. I think it's so gorgeous. I, he put it up so quickly and like, you can walk by and you see him like drawing everything and he's, it's just incredible how much detail he can put into it. Porter is a self-trained artist who was airbrushing t-shirts and ball caps before he got into painting murals. He studied Kaka'ako so he could paint an accurate picture. Oh my God, I did countless, I'm still doing research. Porter has artwork all over the island, but Kaka'ako is his biggest painting. You know, tell us a story. No, I didn't know that. Tell us the story of Kaka'ako. No way. Oh, that's so cool. He tells the story through the eyes of the Hawaiian owl. Even the owl's eyes are mini paintings. The sad thing is it will be there only as long as the construction barriers are in place. Hopefully it's donated to a school or something, or maybe I'll try to take pictures and make a book out of it and just throw it through the, to the community or something, you know. Well, as of now, in December, that mural is still standing, and he completed it a while back and I sure hope that he makes good on what he says and takes some photographs of it and, and captures and maybe puts it into a book because the artwork is beautiful uh, and it tells a complete story. If you start at one 
at one part of it and walk around the block, you can walk through the history of Kaka'ako. That's, that's what you see as you, as you go through. Well, I'll tell you what, how I got that story. My wife uh, walked past it every day to go to work and come home. And I never really paid much attention to it. I've driven past it, but, I, I, you know, it's artwork on, on, on some wood there. And I really didn't look at it, but she did. And she told me about that. And I said, my goodness, I've got to meet this guy. And so through a friend of ours here at the station, actually, I got a hold of him. I want to say that you know, his wife had just had a baby. Uh, so it was a sacrificial time for him when he was painting this mural because he couldn't be at home sometimes at night. So he'd have to leave her, you know, and, and not see his little one overnight. So it was it was a time of sacrifice for Terrell. And we appreciate it, Terrell. Great work. <laughs> and as the debut episode of Tell Me a Story closes, we'll end with a holiday tradition we mentioned earlier in this podcast. The poem, The Night Before Christmas by Clement Clark Moore. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the roof there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter." Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutter, and threw open the sash. <laughs> the moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all, as dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. 
But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Have a safe and a happy holiday from everyone here at Hawaii News Now. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Happy Holidays!